Welcome back to the Fenway Rundown, Mass Lives Red Sox podcast. Chris Cotillo, your host, Sean McAdam, will be joining us in a second. We're going to go within the front office today. Brian O'Halloran, Red Sox general manager since 2019, been with the organization for more than 20 years, and he's going to get his thoughts on this year's team. Um, it's one thing to hear from Sean and myself every week, what we think about the team, but you know we'll hear from one of the architects of it today, touch on what they might do at the trade deadline, his early impressions, surprises, and, and really get into his career path as well. So appreciate you know Brian's time. I think he's a guy that, Everybody knows of, obviously, big, big job being the general manager of the Red Sox, the number two to Bloom, but not a guy that you kind of hear from in this setting very often. So very interesting guy with some very interesting thoughts here in this week's rundown. So we have uh, alongside Sean McAdam, we have Red Sox general manager Brian O'Halloran on the show today. Brian, we appreciate the time. I uh, hope you were able to unwind a little bit on Memorial Day and off day after a, a long West Coast trip, which uh, you were not on, but watching from afar. And then obviously the body clock gets a little screwed up with the West Coast times and things like that. I want to start with with this, which I think is, you know, a good way to get into it. Kind of a broader <laughs> question. But, you know, as Sean wrote yesterday, and as people always talk about Memorial Day is kind of a, um, a time where you really assess what you have in a ball club. I think, you know, it's a, a time honored tradition in baseball that that is when you kind of take stock of what you have. How would you assess, you know, where the Red Sox are right now compared to maybe where you thought you guys would be? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for, for having me on. Good to be with you guys. Um, yeah, I mean, it's um, – what I would say is, is um, you know, I think we have a good team. I think there's a good group of, of players. There's, there's a lot of talent, um, and it's a good group of guys – um, that Alex has really, you know, pulling on, uh, on the same end of the rope, so to speak. Um, we've had our ups and downs, you know, we're, we're a few games over 500. Uh, we want to be better than that. We, you know, we're, if the season ended today, we would not be in the playoffs. So that's, you know, results wise, we're not where we want to be. Um, but I think the team has shown its capabilities. It's shown a lot of fight, um, in terms of like, you know, especially offensively when we get down in game, when we've gotten down in games, we've, we've battled back um, for the, most of the season thus far, we've had really good, you know, really good at bats, good approach. Um, and, um, you know, the, the starting pitching, um, you know, was in, was inconsistent uh, for a while. And, uh, but, but um, you know, there's, there's plenty of talent in that rotation. Obviously we've made some changes and, and have, you know, a group right now uh, that we think um, can help stabilize that part of it. And, and if, we, if they can keep us in games and, and give us good, uh, you know, consistent starting pitching, uh, we feel pretty, pretty good about our chances because we like our offense and our, and our bullpen has done a solid job as well. Yeah, Brian, on the offense, I was going to ask whether that has been something of a pleasant surprise, given that, you know, you lost some significant bats in the offseason, added a few as well. Uh, but uh, Alex Cora spoke in spring training about, you know, wanting to put the ball in play more, keep the line moving, that it wasn't going to be a traditional, uh, you know, home run centric lineup necessarily. And indeed, you guys are kind of in the middle of the pack home run wise, but you're a top five or six in runs and OPS has the offense, um, as you look at it a third of the way through exceeded expectations. Um, honestly, I don't think so. Uh, for me, I think it's, it's performed, um, you know, roughly as expected. Um, you know, I, th I think, um, yeah, as, what Alex said in spring training, you know, is, is also how I see it. You know, we wanted to put the ball in play more, uh, but most importantly, we want to have 
good at bats get we need to get on base that this isn't you know rocket science good offenses the players get on base and 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 you do damage you have good at bats um make make solid swing decisions um and just grind at bats and keep the line moving get on base as much as possible uh you're going to score runs and um and i think you know for the most part we've done that and and even yes we did lose uh, some um, some key contributors offensively. We we all know that, but we also, like you said, we added added some good players. Yoshida's done a really nice job. You know, some of the other guys, Turner, certainly Cassis, and in, in in his role, although you know he, he finally got I guess to the to the Mendoza line here. But but uh, in terms of his overall approach, even when struggling a little bit um, with um, you know the, on the batting average side, with you know maybe a little bit more. Um, you know, swing and miss. Uh, you know, than 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 he wants to. He has contributed. Even even the guys that that at times are struggling are contributing by having good at bats, by getting on base. Um, and Tristan, I think, also has has really you know started to turn it around, and and he's going to be a good player. Brian, what surprised you the most about this team the two months in? Um, well, I'm going to answer it sort of. Uh, this, I don't know if this is uh, the right way to do it or, or what you were thinking, but I'm going to answer it in the negative. Honestly, the starting pit, the inconsistency of the starting pitching, mm. you know, uh, has surprised me because um, although it has stabilized, uh, begun to stabilize lately, and I think it will be good going forward. Um, I just think the the group is better than that they than they have performed and that they performed especially in like the first month to six weeks. Um, but um, Beyond that, I don't, I don't think there are huge surprises here. I mean, uh, Duvall's first eight days were, were uh, you know, a, a pleasant surprise and, and obviously, unfortunately, the injury, but he'll be back soon and um, and anything can happen, obviously, in short, you know, short samples, mm-hmm. but um, uh, not a surprise, but just good to see Yoshida adjusting to the big leagues the way he has um, and sort of performing um, as we as we hoped and, and projected, but but um you know, that's always, there's always some unknown when you're coming from, from a different league and, and never having played um, in major league baseball. And, you know, some guys have, have, have taken some step steps forward. Um, Wong has stepped forward. Duran's been great. So, um, you know, but I think that's just their talent coming through and, and that's less of a surprise and just like, okay, you know, you wonder when it will happen just because mm-hmm. it takes young players most of the time it takes young players a while to adjust to the big leagues and have their true talent come out. Brian, it's an old axiom in the game that you have to be strong up the middle to be a successful team. And when you look at some of the challenges the club has had through the first two months with injuries, depleting your shortstop depth, depleting you at second, uh, forcing some changes in the outfield with Duvall going down, and even the sort of unknown about the catchers, and the position in general going into the season. Uh, A, how pleased are you that you've been able to overcome some of those injuries? And what does it say about the depth that you've built that you've been able to do that? Yeah, definitely pleased. I mean, like, you know, with Duvall going down, it's been it's been incredible what Duran has done. And even, you know, he's had, you know, a little bit of struggles lately, but overall has, has um, done a, a terrific job. And, and it's just great to see him playing like he can and having his athleticism throw show through and, and um, you know, uh, just seeing w- what he has shown in the minor leagues show up in the big leagues now. And again, sometimes that takes, takes a while, uh, you know, for, for players to, uh, to adjust and find their footing. And, and, and uh, it's been great to see him there doing that. So, so that's, um, that's been a plus. 
um, yeah, I, um, I think the depth has has uh, has been tested. Um, every team has injuries. You know, we we you have to be built to withstand that. I think we've improved the depth over time. It's you know, it's never perfect. We we you know, but I I think it's I think for the most part we've we've passed that test. And but we do, but we got to keep improving. We'll get into obviously your career, um, which I think. Uh, you, know, you are the foremost expert on, obviously. Um, you look back at, you know, being in the Red Sox, or being with the Red Sox since 02, right? That was your first year? Yes, middle um, of 02, yeah. What is the, the biggest change that's come with working in a front office in that 20-year span? Is it just the access to numbers, analytics, data, all that type of stuff? Is it how big you know, the front offices are now and how big the staffs are? How would you assess, you know, that the biggest change that you've seen? Yeah, I think you hit on probably the two biggest things. It, it is a much bigger operation uh now than when i started there's um you know there's there's a lot more data and information that you have to put together to make make your decisions uh in the end you, it's still it's still baseball and you still have to make good decisions and and sort of the underlying principles are, are still the same but it's also a game that's changing rapidly you're you always have to be learning and staying on the cutting edge uh with your practices with your um you know, uh, with your with your player development, um, with your scouting practices, et cetera, um, and and of course your your analytics and and um, how you how you put the information together. So that's all changed. It's it's um, and, and and like we, like you said, and and I'm uh, reiterating that the, the staffs are just much bigger. We I think we had I don't know maybe ten to twelve people in the office on the baseball operations side when I started. Um, and now we have, you know, um, I don't know, 75 or something like that. Um, and that's not, not just the Red Sox. That's that's every team. Um, analytics staffs have, have grown. I mean, the, there was no analytics department when I when I started, even though we were, you know, perceived to be and I think generally were, um, you know, near the front in terms of use of of information and objective information. Um, it still was, you know, what that looked like was you had a GM and and some people around him that you know just thought more analytically and and things like that and tried to use the information that was out there at the time, uh, but it was very limited and um, and then teams started growing you know actual departments and 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 um, you know there's just a lot of different things that baseball organizations do now that they did not do in in 2002 when I started. Uh, Brian, in your position as general manager of the team, um, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about uh, sitting down with Heim Bloom when he was brought in to be chief baseball officer, uh, how you two fit and what that process was like as he was named to that position and then elevated you to GM. Yeah, so I knew Heim before um, we've been in the game, you know, for pretty similar amount of time. I've been in a little bit longer, but uh, we've known each other over the years. Um, didn't, you know, deal with each other too much because, of, you know, within the division, you don't, you don't uh, do a whole lot of trades or, you know, you're always sort of skeptical of, of, uh, of any interactions you have with, with people, but I, but I liked him. I knew him uh, and, and had a lot of respect for him and for um, what uh, they had accomplished in, in Tampa over the years, uh, you know, as a division rival. Um, so I knew him coming in. And so I was, um, you know, part of, you know, I was, I was, uh, I met with him actually during the interview process. We, we hung out a little bit, um, spent some time together, got to know each other better. 
Um, and uh, and you know, I thought I, I was thrilled that that he was he was coming in, and and um, just because of what I said, he's someone I respected, someone um, even though I didn't know super well, the people that I did know that knew him well spoke very very highly of him as a person. Um, I see the you know what they had accomplished speaks speaks for itself, and and uh, the more I got to know him, the more you know I think we both realized that we you know saw um, kind of the task here the same way, um, and uh, you know kind of philosophically philosophically were aligned, um, and most importantly you know got along well, um, and uh, so you know that that was that was great to see, and I was I was excited to to work with him. Obviously, you know, in his chair, he's the guy who gets you know criticized and uh you know people talk about hot seat with him and those types of things obviously johnny miller who never holds back asked the first question of spring training and, and put it that way this year um now that you're in i guess year four your season four what do you think the biggest misperception publicly about heim and the way he does business is <laughs> um yeah i think i think probably um i try not to pay too much too, too much attention to the the narratives that are out there, but mm -hmm. I, I think I except have on mass life, of course. <laughs> I think I have a general understanding of some of the some of those narratives. I I think it, to the extent that people think that it's all you know numbers on a spreadsheet and and it's a computer you know algorithm or system that spits out what to do. Mm -hmm. That's that is definitely a misperception. I mean, time's been in the game a long time. Values uh, scouting, traditional coaching. Um, but also, you know, uh, of course, values all the information and, and wants to make, you know, use all use all the uh, tools at our disposal to to make good decisions. Um, and so, uh, and, and and then I also just think the the human element. Um, you know, I think Heim's very uh, comfortable, um, you know, and, and spent a lot of time in, in clubhouses, interacts really well with players, and and. Um, uh, and coaches and managers and and you know really everyone that all the different uh, folks that you have to have to uh, interact with and, and work with in, in in these type of jobs and um, he's just a you know he's a well-rounded guy and I think it, it it doesn't get he probably doesn't get you know painted uh, you know quite as well-rounded as as he is in reality. Brian, you, you have a unique perspective among people in baseball ops. I'm not sure of the 75 or so how many others are New England natives. I'm guessing that there are some, um, but as someone who grew up in the South Shore and, and you know, rooted for this team, um, what element of your, maybe your fandom growing up uh, impacts, if any, you know, how you approach the job? Do you, do you find yourself sometimes uh, reverting back to that uh, fan perspective? Do you identify with the frustration that fans feel? How does that change how you act in a job where obviously you're not a fan, you're impacting uh, and your moves have consequences? Yeah, um, that's a that's a good question. I, I, I think, you know, the main thing is um, I know how important this team is to this region, to the city in this, this region. Um, and um, I just, you know, I think we all do, but but you know, I take the responsibility really, really seriously, and and just want to do it, everything I can to help the Red Sox win, right? And I don't think that's unique, but um, I do think, you know, growing up here, um, you know, 
being a fan of the team, being from here, um, being invested in the organization even before working for the organization. Um, yeah, it does give a little bit of a different perspective and, and you kind of, yeah, you do um, identify with how people feel and then you understand the frustrations. That said, like I, I um, you know, what I can't do, obviously, and none of us can do is, is get caught up in it. And, and, and I think it's, you know, really, really important to kind of ignore the noise and, you know, just sort of focus on the job at hand, which is to make, make good decisions um, for the team, whether, the, whether it's going to upset uh, someone or not, the media, the fans, um, you know, and, and um, so I think that the second you start working for a team, you really do check most of the fandom at the door um, that really that it I was actually I would say surprised at how quickly that went away um, it really is sort of immediate but but it doesn't you know take away the experiences that you have and 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 certainly I still do uh, I am still a fan and you know I'm I, I go to when I go to Fenway Park I still feel the the energy and and um, and uh you know, I, I understand how, you know, how and why people feel the way they do about the team. And I, I want to take that very seriously. The way I want to take it seriously is by making decisions, even that might upset people that I think and we think will be in the best interest of the Red Sox for the long term. I, I think people, including us, probably don't have, you know, a 100% understanding of the breakdown on, on when you guys are making a move or when a decision is made, like, who's actually, you know, making the calls? Is it, uh, sometimes I'm sure that it's a, you know, it's a BOH move and sometimes, you know, it's a, a little bit more of a high move in the, I guess, the day-to-day -day of working things out. And then you guys, you know, obviously collaborate or um, are, are there times where, you know, a, a move is made that is, is more one of you guys or, or someone else in the department stepping up or is it really, you know, collaborative on every single thing you do? I would say it's collaborative on everything we do. Like there, there's, there are zero decisions that are like, oh, I'm surprised Heim did that or vice versa <laughs> right. doesn't happen like that. Like, and it's obviously not just the two of us by any means. We have a great um, uh, team around us and, and, and really the whole organization, um, you know, 200 something um, baseball operations employees are, you know, are, are um, behind us and supporting us and helping us uh, get to the, those decisions. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, um, it's very collaborative. We have to communicate a lot with each other uh, really constantly. Um, and, you know, as we, as we look at opportunities, we discuss them. It, it, to some degree, it's not, you know, it, it's not even really about what any one of us individually thinks. It's uh, about, you know, a move or, or um, what to pursue. It's kind of, you know, getting all the information, putting it all together, getting everybody's thoughts on it, collaborating to figure out the best path. There are plenty of decisions that we've made that, you know, maybe I started out unsure of and then, but then got convinced over time, or um, I think Heim would say the same thing, um, and really any of our senior folks that are involved in these decisions. So it's, it's a very collaborative process. The focus is uh, principally on the major league team and its performance on the field through the first couple of months. But um, Brian, how would you assess where the uh, the farm system is at this point? Uh, maybe where it's come over the last uh, nearly four years since Heim came aboard and how you're feeling about your player development system in 2023? 
Yeah, I think I think it's steadily improved during that time. Um, you know, ultimately, as we've said, you know, numerous times, we we want to have, you know, a top farm system, not for the sake of having a top farm system, but for the to have the pipeline of players coming coming through and up up to the big leagues, um, so that we can, you know, year after year, add players from the system that can help us win and sustain success. That's no matter what your payroll is, and we have a high high payroll, but no matter what your payroll is, no matter what your market is, the only way you're gonna be able to win consistently and compete for championships every year is, is to have that strong pipeline. I think we've, you know, it's, it's improved. Uh, I think we're seeing some of, some of the fruits of that um, uh, in the big leagues this year. Um, there's more to come. Um, it's never a task that is, you know, completed mission accomplished. You won't, you won't see, you see putting that sign up ever. Um, but uh but I think I think uh, I think we're improving, and I and I, I do feel good about our about our system and about our player development uh, operation. Last one for me. Uh, it's May thirtieth, so it's probably a little too early for this. But I, I think um, the deadline questions are starting around the game, so we'll start it you know, with you now. With two months before the deadline, obviously things will change, and injuries I'm sure will happen, and you know the other guys will step up, and needs will arise. But when you look at your roster. Where's the, the biggest need in terms of you know trying to go out and fortify at the deadline for a team that you know you anticipate to still be contending two months from now? I, I mean, I don't mean to give you a non-answer, but I think it's to be determined. I mean, I mm -hmm. think you know we, we can improve in every facet, but um, but we also have to see how things play out with with returns from from injury, um, and um, you know and how how, uh, how the pitching performs going forward because obviously that's been you know, of the, you know, between offense and, and run prevention, run prevention has been, has been our bigger issue. But as we talked about earlier, I do, I do think that um, with the starting pitching stabilizing, um, you know, we, we should be, should be improved there, but, um, but we'll have to, we have to see that happen and, uh, and evaluate as we go along and, and see how the, the, you know, returns from injury uh, work out and the progress of, you know, certainly someone like Trevor Story, um you know what his timetable looks like um so it's it's tbd but um you know sitting here right now i i can tell you we we could certainly improve in every facet so we'll be looking for any way to improve the team and i feel like you're you know you mentioned trevor but you know with him duvall some of these other guys coming back does it feel like you know whenever that is at some point over the summer that you're you know kind of getting trade acquisitions without giving anything up just based on the big guys you have out yes and no i i you know i, I it, it is, of course, like getting those, those guys back will be a huge lift. Um, but I don't like to think of it as, you know, you know, players coming back from injury, that's enough. Like, we, you know, we know we're going to be, you know, we're going to have other needs. We're going to need mm -hmm. to improve if, if we want to win a championship, which we do. And so hopefully we can, you know, really continue to battle, put ourselves in a good spot as we head towards the deadline so that we feel really good about our chances and, and can keep adding to the team and improving it. Brian, you, you hinted at how maybe the job has changed in your 21 or so years in baseball ops. I would imagine that one of them, a significant one, is the movement of the first year player draft, which used to be in you know the first 10 days of June and now is at the All-Star break or at the start of the All-Star break. Given that those that and the trade deadline are now separated by two and a half weeks, uh, what are the next two months like in a baseball ops department juggling both of those approaching things, the draft and the deadline? 
Yeah, that is a significant change. Um, and it really makes July incredibly hectic. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, as we as we get closer uh, to the draft, um, you know, we'll, you know, we'll be having workouts, attending workouts, seeing, you know, seeing players continuing to uh, put together our put together our analysis uh, of the draft class uh, led by our, our scouting director Debbie Pearson, um, and uh, so but yeah we'll, we'll in terms of like senior front office folks we'll be we'll be uh, getting more and more involved in that process as we get closer to the to the draft um, you know usually we have the the week leading up to the draft we have meetings with our cross checkers and others coming in. Uh, and discussing uh, discussing the board and, and getting our strategy um, straightened out and 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 getting ready to go. But then, <laughs> and then the draft is three days, right? And as soon as that's over, it, it, and, and you know, again, not that you are solely focused on one thing, but as soon as that's over, it really flips to trade deadline season. But even leading up to that, there's going to be trades. There's going to be stuff going on. Even now, we're having conversations with teams. Um, you know, uh, this this is already that around now is when teams start checking in with each other. Like, okay, we're two months in. What are you seeing your needs as? How do you, you know, what are you, what are the possible paths you, you think you could take heading towards the deadline? Talking through just to get a sense of things, and and maybe even doing small trades, or you know, or many, you know, sometimes even bigger trades happen in June. But uh, so there will be activity. But it will, you know, once the draft is over, it will be you know, a sprint to the, to the deadline. And it's, it's just a very hectic time. It's a fun time. though. was a lot of, a lot of adrenaline and uh, you know, that that's, you know, some of the funnest stuff that we do in our jobs is, is uh, be involved in the draft and, and the trade deadline. John's only asking the draft question because if you guys do pick Thomas white, then all the work that he did on a long, long, long feature going to Worcester will not be for not. So that's why he's asking that. Good to know. <laughs> well, Brian, we appreciate the time. Know you're busy. And, uh, Appreciate you taking the time for the Fenway Rundown today. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.